Hi, everyone, and welcome back to season two of Engaging Gray podcast, where we explore what it means to live engaged in the complex, ambiguous, and messy reality that is life. I'm Mary DeYoung, founder of Gray Space Collaborative, an intentional collector of diverse experiences, and your host on this podcast. I'm excited for this season. In this season, we're exploring ideas around cultivating a pace of perseverance. We talk about what this idea even means, how we do it, the barriers that stand in our way, and why it's important if we're going to live a life that is fully engaged. So pull up a chair and let's dive in. Today's guest is Ellie Rocher. Ellie is the author of 12 Tiny Things, Play Like a Girl, and How Coffee Saved My Life. Ellie also hosts the Unlikely Conversation podcast, teaches yoga at Up Yoga, and teaches writing at the Loft Literary Center and the Minnesota Writing Project. Ellie holds an MFA in writing from Sarah Lawrence College and an MA in theology from Luther Seminary. She is a brilliant author, wonderful person, and insightful speaker. I'm so excited to have Ellie on with us today. Welcome, Ellie. Thank you for being here today with us on Engaging Gray podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I have been reading your book and I'm so excited to talk a little bit about it today, but also about so many other of the other things that you're so phenomenal at. And I've already told our listeners a little bit about you, but maybe you could just tell us a little bit about like just who you are um, and how you would define a pace of perseverance. Sure. Um, Thanks. So I am a practical theologian. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm the mother of two kids who are now four and six, and I'm also a teacher and a writer. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that that comes to mind with the word perseverance right now is, is that, is my bizarre little bio. I figured out maybe when I was 30, I finally came to peace with the fact that I was a generalist, not a specialist, mm. and that I was never going to do just one thing and have one ladder to climb, that I would be somebody who would bring a set of skills and passions to a bunch of different things. And that's how I like it. And mm. it can also be super exhausting. <laughs> so right now I have you know, it, sta- it, it invites me to be awake to every stage of life. And the stage of life I'm in right now has a lot of puzzle pieces. And I'm constantly, tr- I'm constantly shifting the puzzle pieces, the locations and the importance. Um, but I think what the through line hopefully is um, love and, and, my my passion for people and I bring that to my parenting my teaching uh and my writing so Mm. you know there are some days when especially during the pandemic when I'm doing online kindergarten facilitation and playing with my four-year-old and forwarding my profession where the the exhausted part of me wants to just do one thing and I have mm-hmm. to remind myself, that's just not what my spirit is called to. And to, to re-up in, in the messy generalist lifestyle that brings so much joy 
and renewal where I kind of can't, I don't get to fall into a routine, right? And that has, that has positives and negatives. So I like, I have finally lived into the fact when people say like, tell me about yourself. There's no easy answer. <laughs> and I, you know, I like that now. Um, I think it's quirky and fun and requires a perseverance that I'm ready, ready to bring. Yeah, no, that's amazing because I think that so often um, and some of the conversations we already had on this season talk about routine, talk about how routine can be so helpful for perseverance. Yeah. But when you're switching hats all the time and one of those hats is caring for children, likely they interrupt things and the you know specificity and scheduledness that you're able to have likely kind of goes out the window. So how does... Um, yeah, what is, what does that look like for you? That day, that kind of perseverance in lack of routine in bouncing between things. What is what you, you talked about love as that through line. How does, how does that help you persevere and stay sustainable in all of those areas? Yeah. So I, I had a coaching session about a year ago and the woman pointed out, which was endlessly helpful. You know, you're really, really good at loving that's what if you considered that your full-time job and that's mm. just not how we talk about employment and, and work and vocation all of the time. And so it really struck me and it's been, it's been something that I've taken into my COVID life where our home, my home and my work life boundaries have dissolved a bit and it doesn't look how I thought it was going to look. And I, I kind of like to be in control <laughs> and build the life I want to build. And the, the love is a through line has helped me be open to surprises and not be thrown by things mm. the global pandemic that change my work life balance. So my day might not look exactly how I thought it was going to look, but at the end of the day, I can look back and see all of the different ways that I showed up in love. And mm. so some moments that's being really attentive to my children and showing them real presence and, um, and, and also showing them that my other work is also important to me. Um, and as the, as the things that are outside of my control change, I can reground myself in love. Love is my full-time job. How is that going to manifest now when something shifts? How do I keep my priorities with love as a through line and move. So for example, one of the things that I just had to start doing, I was pushing against it, but I started waking up before my kids in the morning. And mm. um, that means getting up early. It's a, it is a commitment, but I noticed by making that when I looked at like love as my through my through line and that my external circumstances has shifted in terms of schooling and childcare, I wasn't showing up to them the way that I wanted to during the day because I, I was internally frazzled and stressed that I wasn't um, able to address some of my other work. So I've been getting up mm -hmm. for them and doing some meditation, getting grounded in who I am, what my full-time job as a lover is to love myself first and get and do some of the work to just alleviate the pressure a little bit. And that has helped me be more present to my kids when that is what love is. I'm called to love. And then um, I've been working, you know, at nights and on the weekends and arranging safe COVID childcare as possible and making it work. And, and that I know is going to shift again 
come summer and it's going to shift again come fall. And I think that's part of being a working parent. Um, and it, 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 the, the love through line has been synonymous with perseverance for me. It mm. helped me keep grounded in what's important and, and kind of let go of the, the external the pressure that wasn't serving me of what my productivity should be looking like. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. Well, and I love, I love that. Um, Cause you're absolutely right. We never define our vocation as just loving people. And what I think is so beautiful about that is I oft also am feel like I'm a generalist often. I can do a lot of things. I, a lot of things really interest me. And so I, I've had kind of a, a weird like career path and, you know, all those pieces, but to say, no, this is, this is actually who I am and this is what I do. And I do that just in different arenas, right. Exactly. In some ways helps you not feel like you're whiplashing between spaces. Like, oh, now I'm a mom. Now yes. I'm a writer. Now I'm this. It's like, no, I'm a lover. Yes. And I now do that as a mom and I do that as a writer and I do that as these other things. It's actually keeping the appropriate identity primary yes. and allowing those other ones to be secondary. That's right. And I've also noticed it, um, it for me, it prioritizes skills over job descriptions, right? So mm. as a generalist, I have, I have, I have gone and gotten trainings and honed in on skills. Like writing is a skill that not everybody has and I have it. And I can bring that to a bunch of different things, right? Um, I think sometimes I would get caught up in job descriptions and that is a little ego. It can be ego driven mm -hmm. and we, we can be answering what we think the world wants of us instead of what we really want. And so I think having the, the love as a through line has helped me just be really clear on what my skills are and that I can bring those skills to a bunch of different things. It's helped me hold each stage lightly and be aw awake to pivots that I might have missed otherwise if that makes sense. Mm, I like that staying awake to pivots that's that's really great you know and you you recently released a book 12 tiny mm -hmm. things uh, which outlines 12 areas of life that can be looked at and used differently to create a more intentional life yeah. how did that book or that journey of identifying those 12 areas and how, and what was this through line? Like, what was that process like? And how did that, does that play into your perseverance as well? Yeah. So I co-wrote 12 Tiny Things with Heidi Barr. She's a corporate wellness coach. And I was working with teenagers and young adults at a church. And we were hearing from both of those different groups of people, Heidi's clients and my young people, this, this feeling of overwhelm and feeling paralyzed by overwhelm and looking for tools mm. of perseverance. And what Heidi and I realized is that we both practice tiny things. And I think this for me came from being a, gy a gymnast through college and believing in progression, doing little things and stacking them in order to do big things. And um, so we, we started a group around it where we realized we did that, this, let's invite other people to join us. And so the idea is to take a different theme every month and pick one tiny thing that you're going to do every day um, to ho to hone in on what you want in that area of your life. And it really is an interesting 
um, process where Heidi and I aren't telling you what to do, but just, we're just all asking the same questions of our lives and trying to get at kind of the root of what led us astray, get back to the things that are already inside of us and, and pay attention to those things that we want to grow. So that has to do with perseverance for me because it does, for me, my tiny things, my practice, I call it, it's, it's a micro spiritual practice for me. It, it keeps me from from being paralyzed with overwhelm. It builds a resiliency and a perseverance in me. And I'll say a couple of things about that. So one is that life is busy, right? So like this is this is about finding rootedness for life on the go. We're not ex- asking you to upend your life and build a brand new life. It's it's finding moments mm. of grounding within our full lives. And because the, the micro spiritual practices are offensively tiny, they're very easy to pick back up again. So sometimes when we set our goals too big uh, and we burn out even on our goals, then we go into a shame cycle <laughs> versus... Yeah, one tiny thing a day. Of course, there's days that I skip it, but it just doesn't feel very heavy to pick it right back up the next day. And every day that I do my tiny thing is it works. So to give you an example, one of the tiny things is to go outside every day and look all the way up at the sky. That's going to take five seconds, but it guarantees you leave your house at some point during the day. And as soon as I look up at the sky, it's such a tiny thing, but my face changes, my shoulders change, my complete disposition changes. I take in the vastness of the universe. I remember that I'm small. I take a deep breath, like involuntarily, and it just resets me. It grounds me in my creatureliness so that I can go back to my day with a new outlook. And that's a tiny thing that I do Mm. every day. And it's been really, really important to me during COVID to build perseverance to just remember that I'm a creature, that the world is big, um, and that I don't have to do it all, right? And so that has become a a micro-spiritual practice for me um, that really, really works in terms of pacing myself in a a sustainable way so I can keep going. Yeah. I've been, uh, usually I'm one of those people that totally makes uh, big goals. And then I get, no, I didn't do it. You know, I'm, I'm totally that person. And so I'm really resonating with this idea of like, you know, and we, and we do, we say, oh, I broke it into a smaller piece, but it's like, no, tiny, tiny, right. We're talking tiny, Mm -hmm. tiny. Um, and I love that about, uh, your book and I've been doing the one chapter Mm -hmm. a month. Uh, I know because I know everyone said like, you can read it straight through, but I was like, I'm not going to remember that. (laughs) So I'm going to just do one chapter a month. And this, this month is on right. Like spirituality and spirituality of presence. And I think that your, what you're talking about to me is just reminding me of this reality that perseverance, I think sometimes requires humility because I, I think sometimes our culture tries to tell us that like perseverance means like just grit your teeth and just push through and you know it all like revolves around you but really like that actually isn't sustainable like none of us were designed to hold that and so true perseverance is recognizing our smallness and really what we are uh, designed to do like you're saying you're a generalist you're designed to love people well and acknowledging that and saying those other things 
other people are designed yes. to do that well. And that's so beautiful. And I think we we also we also look at the world and we see the brokenness and it can be so overwhelming. We jump straight to, to the systems and get burnt mm-hmm. out if we're not moving from our core, moving from our actual bodies. So 12 tiny things isn't the silver bullet, but it's just a gentle reminder to start with our start hyper local in our actual bodies to ground down in who we are and what our skills are and move from that place so that the second tiny step emerges from the first. And I think that builds a perseverance to where we're not leaping ahead and then trailing off. Right. Uh, But we're moving in community. We put community as the last of the 12 chapters on purpose because it could be misconstrued as a self-help book. That's about us. But this whole thing is so that we can be awake to our lives. We can be taking tiny steps to, to intentionally build the life that, that we want. And we do that not in a vacuum, right? But in, when we show mm-hmm. up in our community with true vulnerability, like you said, that true humility of knowing who we are and who we are not and that we need our neighbor. Uh, then to me, that's when really cool things can happen. That communal perseverance and resiliency, that's unstoppable. Yes. Yeah, I two things I kind of always say to the folks that I'm working with in, in Grayspace is investing in yourself is not just about yourself, right? And um, also knowing yourself is essential for mm. doing this well, right? Because if you don't know yourself, then you're going to try to do it like, like someone else. And you're, you're not that person, right? I am very similar to my mom, but she also has so much more energy than I do. Like, it's true. I definitely notice like my dad and I are able to like chill out and watch TV. Like my mom cannot do this. She's like always going. And so when I compare my productivity to hers, or how she shows up in spaces, I could be like, I burn myself out. But if I say, well, no, Mary, you're really effective in this particular space. And then this is what you look like, you know, then I'm able to show up and exactly how I'm supposed to. And I'm able to actually do so much more, right? Because it's not just about myself, right? Investing in myself, knowing myself is not empty work. It's not self-absorbed, right? We're not talking about get self-absorbed. That's not what we're saying. Like, it's not, it's not all about you. It's really about making sure that you, um, can show up for others, right? Show up in this work, show up in the messiness, right? That's what you kind of called it. Like re-engage in the mess of this complex things, right? These, this complex life that you're leading. Yeah. And I think, I think in this context, we're really seeing at a different depth that taking our mental and physical health seriously does contribute to the common good. And that's something we have to value. And it goes back to this love as a through line thing where the coach encouraged me to make sure I start my day loving myself. She's like, you don't need to do it for more than five minutes, but that, but that's going to nourish you to then love other people. Uh, and so, yeah, I think 12 mm-hmm. Tiny Things is an invitation to start with those five minutes with yourself so that you can move into community um, as a more grounded person, clear of what clear of what your role is in the community. Absolutely. And that'll build yeah. some perseverance. 
what have you learned about the dance of like intentionality and perseverance, especially in ministry and motherhood and writing and all the gray spaces of peacemaking that you find yourself? So let me, let me start with the very first chapter of the book. I already mentioned the last chapter. The first chapter of 12 tiny things is about space and carving out intentional space in your life. My growing edge is carving out space in my calendar. I overfill my calendar and it's because deep down, I still believe in the lie that I am more when I do more. So the more full my calendar is, mm-hmm. the bigger, better person that I am. And that is the U.S. pushing us to buy more, consume more, be more. And um, to get at the core of that lie for me and then let it go is how how I want to start my tiny things work, right? So so the place the place I want to create more space is in my calendar. And so the mantra for that month is saying no to one thing is saying yes to the possibility of another. So when I say no to a calendar invite that I know isn't for me, it's for somebody else. I could do it, right? And I rarely feel like more, Mm -hmm. but it would ultimately burn me out. If I can say no to one calendar invite, then that I have that space on my calendar. And I can either just dwell in that space and be enough which I think builds perseverance, right? Because it's a pacing, a sustainability. Or I can intentionally fill that calendar space with something that I want, like that I value, that I know is going to fill me up and it's something that the world needs. So then instead of life happening to me, that's where I start to feel like I'm a co-creator and that I'm building a life of intention that is in alignment with who I am and what my strengths are. So that's the tie between intentionality and perseverance. I have a lot going on. And if I'm not mindful that how I spend my day is how I spend my life, then, you know, years down the road, I could have regrets. Um, And so claiming our calendars as moral documents for me and really thinking about um, do Can I be brave enough to say no for the long yes, you know, for the life that I'm building that is Mm -hmm. reflecting of my values and my skills and how I want to love, you know, how I want that love to play out in the world. Um, It feels Mm -hmm. I get a little little dignity kick when I feel like I am making intentional choices. And I think... I think that to me, that feels like a perseverance in terms of saying no to this crazy United States drive to do more, have more in order to be more, right? Um, I can persevere against that and say, no, I'm not interested. I'm enough. And this is the life that I want to build, even though it might not be what the, the, you know, capitalism is calling me to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the be brave enough to yeah. say no for the long yes, because I think we, again, also perseverance is about yeah. like long term thinking, right? This 12 practicing, you're not going to be like, wow, that that tiny thing made a big difference. You know, you'll feel a difference in the moment, but also it, it's hard to see its cumulative impact yeah. until you do it right? Until you do it for a while and remind yourself that it's, it's a long-term thing because the world and like, I always, this is how I uh, look at it is that 
do I believe that the wor- the world and the people in it are also worthy enough of my continued oh. engagement? Yes. And if the answer is yes, then I have to, then I owe it to them as well to continuously Absolutely. show up and engage. I love that. That's right. That, you know, and I think we sometimes yeah. flip it, right? Um, the other question, the question that I've been asking myself is like, what are you willing to live for? I don't want to hear what you're willing to die for. I want to know what you're yes. willing to live for, yes. right? Because so often we're like, well, if I die for it, if I like kill myself, if I make it impossible for myself to go far on, then I've showed how much it's worth. And really I'm like, but, but they need more, right? How, this is why the, the saying no can be so difficult. Cause like you said, I could engage, I could do that. Um, but I'm not going to, because these other areas, these other things in which I am invited into are worth Mm. bringing my best self. I love this. I'm so energized by that. And I think we're making the same move. My mantra of saying no to one thing is saying yes to the possibility of another. I had to trick myself by putting the word yes in there. (laughs) And I I hear that (laughs) same thing with with the flip that you're making that is so profound. Is is other people need me for the long haul? What can I do today to get to so that I keep showing up? I love, 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 love that. And the flip of um, what am I willing to live for? If we can see the long yes, the positive, we might be more brave to build perseverance in the moment. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, because uh, you know, just like you were saying, um, if we're not mindful about how we spend our days are also how we spend our life, which got me when I read that the first time in the book, I was like, I spend my life watching Netflix. Oh no. (laughs) Like I don't want a life marked by Netflix. I um, want a life marked by these other things, you know? And you know, the, the, what I, what I can also recognize, I, was talking mm-hmm. with Haley Mitsui, who was just on the podcast, and she was talking about like we don't want a life in which we go 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 go, yes. and then we couch potato, and then we go go go, yes. and then we couch potato. We want a life in which we can regularly, like every right. day, wake up in. And this has been a movement in a lot of workplaces, professional spaces, of saying like, how do you build a life you yes. don't have to escape from? Right? Like I've I've seen articles that talk about this. But I think the, the the flip side is that's only been in the workspace, and we forget that that also has to be true in our Absolutely. personal space. As I, yeah, well. I caught myself. Right? I caught myself rationing my joy, rationing my pleasure. You know, like pushing it to the end of the day. Like I have to do my work now so that I can do blank later, and that ends up being for so many of us watching Netflix because by the end of the day we're so exhausted that's all we have left, which doesn't actually bring mm-hmm. us joy, right? And, and so right. how do we project our happiness out into the future of like, well, I'll work hard now so I can blank later, you know, like in, like when in retirement, you know? And so instead of pushing our happiness out to the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of our career, why don't we invite that in to our daily routine? So, you know, I talked with a friend about doing little things that bring like real pleasure and joy during the day throughout the day. So we don't 
we we don't make it small. We don't put it in a certain time frame that is later that we have to wait for. Um, ultimately, right. then we're not living our day how we want, right? Yeah. Right. You know, and this is one of the things I talk to my client, my coaching clients about, especially when I talk to them about their strengths, right? Like knowing what yeah. you're good at, because I think some, there's definitely, right? Like in some, and all of a sudden I was feeling this tension of like, is this just a privileged conversation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, is this just a privileged perspective that I can say, well, I get to choose yeah. joy and I don't have to do these things. And I don't, I, because I know you, I know that's not what yeah. you're saying. Um, but you know, and how I talk to the folks that I'm coaching is like, how you do your work is just as important about what you do, right? Like I don't, if you're using your strengths and doing it in a way that actually uses your strengths, you will be more energized. Right. And so like, let's talk about how you do your work so that, you know, by the end of the day, you have energy left for your family. You know, we can't change what you have to do in some, in many spaces, we can't change it. Like you have your responsibility. You must do these things. We all have those things, but it's about how you do that. And so have you, how, maybe just engage with that idea with me a little bit about this, like finding joy and bringing it into, into these spaces of our life, even if we feel like we don't have much control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for one, I think, I think about just the the dignity of work, that work does bring dignity, um, even in the mundane moments. And so it is is for me a quality of presence issue. Um, Can I be fully present in the here and now, regardless of what task is ahead of me? Because what I do have control over, like you just said so beautifully, is how I show up regardless of what I'm doing. And so that brings me back to um, presence at work, being in the here and now, being brave enough to not project out into the future, but showing up regardless of the task, how we want to show up. And for me, though, that goes back to the word love. Can I answer emails with love? Like if that's what I'm doing, why would I hold off loving till later, till a different situation, till I'm doing something else? A huge thing for me um, is doing one thing at a time. Like that will always be my growing edge. Um, <laughs> if, I can, if I can find myself at work doing one thing at a time, then I'm bringing a presence to that activity regardless of what it is. That brings dignity even in the parts that aren't mm-hmm. our favorite. And then I don't have regret for how I spent my day and don't I don't put off being who I want to be till later, right? Um, mm-hmm. you're, I think it's really brilliant to place the focus on who and how and when when we don't feel in control of the what right yes no i really appreciate that and one of the things that it just what you were saying really brought up for me is that do you believe that you are worthy and enough uh to honor that space in your work right like do you believe that you showing up is mm-hmm. enough? Right. And like, obvi- I'm not saying like, don't do work. Like, Oh, I showed up to work. I nailed it. <laughs> Check out. Right. Like, um, like that's not, that's not what I'm saying, but I, what I'm saying, like what you just kind of reiterated for me is this idea that I'm answering emails for this purpose. Right. And I think that purpose of I'm going to work so that, right. Like, because I love my family, because I want, 
because I'm, I'm, I'm doing these things and I'm a, I'm a dreamer and I believe that those things are possible. And so I'm working for those, right? Like understanding your, your, yourself so that you can do it well, right. It's just, and that you're Mm -hmm. worth knowing, right. I think that's what I was trying to get to. Like you are worth knowing enough about so that your life can be changed, like, so that you can live your life. Mm. Right. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. You are. What do you, what do you see just as like, as we're kind of coming to our close, like what keeps us from doing this, living intentionally, living with perseverance? What do you see as the barriers to that? I think this, this unspoken, silent, a little bit under the radar status quo of our individualistic capitalistic society that is just whispering more, 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 where Mm. when we get, it's like a vicious cycle where when we get to a, a tipping point of busy, it's like we feel too busy to zoom up and take the long view and discern and do some assessment and ask some hard questions and reflect. And so then we get even busier. And I think that there's a lot of social accolades for being busy. I think we're addicted to it. I think that um, it would be completely yeah. revolutionary if people asked, how are you? And you said, I'm, I'm rested. You know, I am, I'm calm. <laughs> I am, I am at peace. I am not over busy. It's, it's just an assumed that, how are you doing? Well, I'm stressed. I'm super busy because that implies that I'm very important and we're supposed to want our work mm. to matter so much that we're going to fill our day to the brim with it. Right. Um, and so I think intentionality requires some quiet And I think to carve out time for the quiet is a little scary because I think that we're hurting. I think that the world is really hard right now. And I'll tell you, when things get quiet Mm -hmm. for me, I get sad about how many people have died of COVID. I get sad about the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm going to die someday. I mean, a bunch of stuff comes up in the quiet, but that's also the place where we can be away from our kind of monkey brain and think about our thinking and build some intention back into our lives where we feel like we're doing it on purpose. And so much joy comes from it. And so it's really, to me, it's the, it's that first tiny step of being brave enough to step off of the hamster wheel and carve out enough time to be quiet and listen, listen to our bodies Listen to listen to the silence, zoom up and look around a little bit and really believe that we're powerful enough to make to make some shifts that might make a difference. Um, If we stay in this in the busy cycle, um, we there's a comfort in that, even though we're a little bit miserable. It's almost more comforting to be in the misery that we know than to be brave enough to try something new you know, so. Absolutely. No, that's, that's such a good word because we do. I, I, I feel that all the time. I was actually just processing with someone the other day about how I'm learning to say no, right? Like I could do that, but yeah. I'm not going to, but then all of a sudden I had to ask myself all these other questions. Mm-hmm. Like, well, then what, how do I feel about like the consequences mm-hmm. of saying no? You know, if I have to watch, you know, like all of a sudden there's, and I was like, it's just easier yeah. to keep doing it. You know, like in some ways it felt easier to just keep doing yes. the busyness. And, you know, 
what I love, I just want to kind of go back to what you said originally about 12 tiny things is that it's finding rootedness for life on the go. We're not saying be in a monastery and contemplate life like all the time, right? Like we're talking about how can you root yourself for the life that you're living already for the life that you actually want. And if it's one that's full, right? Like I know people who literally love, like they are just energizer bunnies. They have so much energy and they can do so much more than me. And I'm not telling them they can't. We're not telling them they have to not do that. Right. Um, We're asking like, do you, just because you can, do you want to? And what, like, what's your why, right? What's your why for being this busy? And if it's because I love it and because I'm so energized by all the things that I'm doing, then amazing. So excited for you go girl, go. Right. And there's, then there's perseverance there. That person will just keep doing that. If it's genuine, authentic, right. Um, for me, it's, it's not for me, it's based in this lie that I'm more when I'm busy. And that's just, it's just not true. And neither is the, the busy person isn't more by being busy, but it's, it is about how we're, we're wired and how we're energized and embracing the life we are built for without judging ourselves or our neighbor if it looks a little different mm. yeah yeah because it's not just about ourselves that's right. that's right so no that's so good and I there will be a link to 12 tiny things also on their website there's like uh, if you're a person who kind of does lent there's 40 tiny things there's all these different resources about how to engage there's swag so Woo! you can have like guideposts and reminders about like doing the tiny things about being rooted so definitely like look in the description of the podcast to find those resources and find to connect with ellie if this is something that like you're really passionate about i'm really passionate about ellie thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom and uh it was it was hard-earned wisdom and we are so uh honored that you would share it with us and we could glean from your experience so thank you for your time today Thank you. It was so energizing. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Until next time.